Benvindo, everybody, to the Win or Learn podcast, a podcast that follows our journey in the art of jujitsu. We'll discuss our wins and lessons and have special guests that we meet along the way. I'm your host, Tony. And I'm Isaiah. So let's roll right into it. Welcome, everyone, to our episode four of the Win or Learn podcast. Today, we're going to talk about, it's kind of more of an update of our training, what we've been doing, what we've been working. As you know, I've kind of been, well, we have kind of been in and out of training, not really as consistently as possible just because of my injury to my wrist. But recently, I've been cleared from my doctor to go back to GB2 and train a little bit harder. And that's exactly what we did this week. So we went to the advanced course one day. And then the following days, we went to the um, not the easier course, but the beginner course, just because I want to ease myself into training at that high level again. I just I don't want to jump into the advanced course without having like a couple of, you know, a couple of them under my belt first. I just want to be careful with my wrist, you know, make sure that I don't re-injure it just because it's a big, uh, it's big. It took a long time to get to this point, I, w- I want to say. So it's a big deal if I injure it again. It's going to be another two, three, maybe even four months of recovery. So definitely want to ease in and Isaiah's going to walk us through kind of what we did this week, what we learned in the GB2 class and the advanced class, and then also what we kind of did in the GB1 class. So, yeah. So like you said, Monday, we went to the GB2 class, the advanced class, and we came in with the idea of switching it up and sparring with different partners and training with different partners, because that's kind of what we had been told from coaches and professors and other teammates that you know, we need to switch it up so we can continue to improve. So that's what we did. I went with um, one of our teammates. You went with another one of our teammates. And we worked a lot in turtle position this week. So I remember the first technique that we did, we were in turtle position. And then the opponent or your partner has your leg basically pinned to the mat with their shin. So they have your leg stapled. And then what you're supposed to do is roll over, like reach through your legs, grab onto their leg, and then roll over your shoulder and then switch your leg over. I think they called it Z guard. So you're supposed to yeah. put like your knee across their chest, um, left foot. Well, for me, it was my left foot because of the way I was rolling my left foot on their hip and then grab onto the lapel and then scissor sweep them over. So that was what we worked on first. We did a lot of turtle, uh, turtle guard stuff or sorry, turtle position stuff. And it was new for me because we haven't really worked turtle position much. And when we have, it's more of like basic escapes from turtle. But this one was one that required a little bit more agility and a little bit more flexibility, I guess you can say, because we were required to like roll over our shoulders and do stuff that we kind of do in warm ups to get us ready for class, which I really hadn't used that in an actual technique before. So this was my first time like rolling over a shoulder to grab onto somebody and, and finish a technique. So that was what basically we worked on GB2. And then I don't know if you want to go into what we worked on in the fundamentals class later on. Yeah, so what we did later on was in the uh, fundamentals class, we still did, you know, turtle position things. I guess that's what we were just doing this week. So basically what we would do is we were learning how to take the back efficiently and then also getting on our opponent's back and getting them kind of in like in our guard. So we learned that one and how to like roll over into our shoulder and then bring them into your guard. And also we learned how to do a submission uh, and it was a clock choke. And the funny thing is this clock choke, I vaguely remembered it. And um, 
I was sparring with one of our blue belts uh, during GB to, during the advanced class on Monday, and I was able to get them in the turtle, and I had the uh, the grip across across the other lapel, and then I couldn't remember how to do the clock choke. I'm really grateful that we were able to review that again this week, just because I was I had someone in a position where I could have used it, and I just couldn't remember what to do it. And I think that has to do a lot with like our inconsistencies in attendance. It's like some of the stuff that we've learned. It's it's hard to remember because we're not coming as if, as often as we should. Clock trick was was a cool one to get a refresher on. I hope I uh, whenever I'm in that situation again, I'll remember it. I think I will at this point. But it was a clock trick is actually really a, a tight one. Um, if you get that that grip deep enough uh, into the, the first grip. In, yeah the first grip into the lapel, once you slide your hips towards the person's shoulder. Uh, and you start maybe take one or two steps it's it's basically done like it's a tight tight choke yeah and i think the important part about that was one thing our professor mentioned sorry was kind of that zip tie action of making sure you pull the lapel and extend it all the way before you bring your arm across and grab that first grip and I think we were doing that pretty efficiently because we were tapping almost immediately yeah. when we were training it because it was a really tight grip. Like once that kind of blade of the forearm is what our professor calls it starts to dig in on the person's throat. And then you start leaning forward. It's basically immediate pressure and the person has to tap. Yeah. So it was definitely awesome to get a refresher on that. And one other thing that we worked on from the turtle position that we hadn't really worked on before was taking the back in a new way. So usually the, the way that you take the back that we've been taught is you do the seatbelt and then you try to wedge your leg into the other person's leg pretty much. And then you roll over. So you try to get that first hook in before you roll. But what we did this time was you get the seatbelt on them in the turtle position. And then the leg that's extended. So for me, it was my left leg because I was working that side a lot. You drop that leg by the person's elbow. And then you roll them over. And then you get the first hook in and sometimes your leg gets pinned under the person. So what he taught us was you kick out your leg and then you bring in uh, the leg for the hook. So that was the other technique that we worked on, which I like because I think I told you this while we were training that I'm a big fan of taking the back. Like that's one of my favorite techniques to do. And I think it's one of the ones that I'm actually best at. I feel like when I try it, it usually works. So I think that's one of my strongest techniques because we have trained a lot. And I think my weight also helps me with that because I'm pretty good at, at using my weight and shifting my momentum with my weight. So I think I'm able to use that technique pretty efficiently. And I was able to do it pretty well. I liked that technique because I kind of like dropping into the person's elbow and rolling them over instead of getting the first hook in. Because for me personally, I feel like my knee isn't flexible enough or pliable enough to do that first technique where you try to get the hook in first and then roll over because I feel like it put a lot of stress on my knee. So I like this alternative a lot better. Definitely. So let's talk about the advanced class and, and kind of what we, what we were thinking and experiencing. So for myself, this is our second advanced class for the both of us, just because the first time we attended the advanced class, that's where I injured my wrist. So that was like, like two, two and a half months ago at this point. So I've been nursing this wrist injury and now that it's gotten a lot better and I've progressed a whole lot, we decided to go to the, the advanced class again. 
So I had heard rumors about this advanced class that they were getting ready for World Masters. Masters? Yeah. Yeah. And because of that, they were doing a lot of sparring during, you know, during the class. So that kind of concerned me just because I was like, man, uh, I'm coming off this injury. I really want to take care of it till it's like 100 percent. I would say I'm about like 85, 80 percent right now. So I really want to nurse this injury and make sure that I don't get injured. And in sparring, especially in sparring in the advanced class, it's like you have to survive just because like everybody we're the lowest belts there obviously Uh, yeah that day we were the lowest belts there and it's like everybody who's there is either a four stripe a three stripe a four stripe white belt or a blue belt and above so everyone there is straight killers and then we've talked in the past about how great our teammates are and they're super awesome competitors um and they are that way because they train hard during the week so I was a little concerned just because I was like, man, I really have to survive out here with with basically one hand because I'm not trying to use my wrist as much just so, again, to kind of nurse that injury and, and protect myself. But it actually went really well. We learned a technique at the beginning that we just discussed, and then the sparring time came, and we weren't sparring together. So we didn't train together. That means we didn't start sparring together because usually you spar with the your training partner, whoever you started with. So... I'm sparring with uh, one of our blue belts. And like I mentioned, I got him into a turtle. Couldn't remember the clock choke, um, but I was feeling really, really good. And then um, I think it was how many five minute rounds did we do? Like four or five minute rounds? I think we did four or five minute rounds. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And so that first one, I felt really great. The second one, uh, I sparred with someone who is super, super intense. He is, but he is awesome. He's like, I spoke with him. He has a similar wrist injury to mine, but his is a little bit more worse than mine. Um, And he was like, no, he's like, I have to. He's like, I'm not going to get this wrist fixed until I win World Masters. And I was like, that's really intense. So this guy is super awesome, though. He he trains really, really easy um, with me, at least not with everyone else, uh, because he knew my injury and stuff like that. So he really let me work. Mm -hmm. It's important to clarify when you say easy, it's like he's mindful that you're nursing an injury. So like, yeah, he's being considerate of the, the of your, exactly. You know, like he's, he's, he's like, yeah, he's a tough cookie out here. Like, but with he's exactly, he's mindful when it comes to who he's training with. He doesn't want people to get hurt, but he also wants to get his work in, you know, it was awesome to train with him. I, I really like training with him, but at that point, my gas tank was almost at E and then we still had two more fights. And so then uh, I get someone else who's another blue belt. And man, at that point, I was completely done. And he was like ragdolling me. But I was sweating. I was having trouble breathing. I was so exhausted. And then the last fight was with one of our brown belts. And that was the worst. And then I kind of tweaked my wrist there. Uh, He kind of, he kind of like, I I had grips on his lapels and he kind of like, yanked one of my arms and it was my bad arm and and it kind of like tweaked my wrist a little bit uh but it was no big deal Uh, we kind of just took a quick break i took a couple of breaths and then we just kept going um so it was just a little painful but the next day it was a little sore but after that i've been fine at that point i was super super drained and and professor chiago noticed uh so (laughs) after class he was like are are you okay and i was like yeah i think so Uh, but it was just it was a lot it was a lot more than I anticipated. And it was definitely kind of a check 
a check-in or check-up or whatever you want to call it, a reality check on where I was in terms of my cardio, just because I'm not where I thought I was in terms of like, we, we go to our trainer and then we do jujitsu as often as we can, but it was, it was a tough one. Why don't you talk about your experience? I know you, you probably had the complete opposite thing that I did. Yeah, I actually, cause even our professor told us afterwards too, he's like, no, he's like, you look, you look fresher now. You don't look tired at all. And that's exactly what I felt. I surprised myself with my cardio and with my muscle endurance. Cause usually I would say maybe after two, five minute fights, my arms, like my muscles are so fatigued that my hands are shaking. Like my biceps are twitching. I feel out of breath. I can't breathe, but I was fresh. Like I felt really good after the four rounds. I felt like I could have probably done another two or three rounds. because I felt really good. I was able to spar with another white belt who was there. He's a really nice guy. He was really helpful with, you know, everything that we were doing and walking me through everything. And then I had, and he was my partner too during the technique. So, you know, obviously I sparred first with him and then I sparred with another one of our white belts, which I had a lot of fun doing as well because he's, you know, he also competes a lot and he's also heavier than I am. So I like that experience of facing somebody who's um, heavier than I am or bigger than I am or taller than I am because it gives me different looks. So I would say that in terms of build, you're a few inches taller than I am, but we have very similar builds. So I think, you know, I can kind of manage that because we are very similar. Yeah. So and it was nice. Also, we're kind of at the same. Yeah, exactly. So I liked the fact that when we sparred, I got the opportunity to spar with people who were different weights, different heights, different, you know, limb lengths, different ranks in, you know, in jujitsu, different experience in jujitsu. So I feel like I learned a lot because I sparred with, uh, like I said, when the white belts, I, he had me a lot and so we we're in turtle position. Well, we started from the knee. So he got me a few times in the turtle position and being able to manage that weight and to really rely on technique rather than strength was a really great learning opportunity for me. And he got me a few times in different positions. And I was like, Hey, like, how would I get myself out if I'm facing somebody heavier than I am? Like, how, how would I escape this? Like, what do you usually do when you're in that position? Cause he does fight in like basically the, what is it? Ultra heavyweight. Whatever the heaviest one is. Yeah. So he fights in that division. So I know he's fought people who are bigger than he is. So I know he has experience being in that position. So I, you know, I was able to pick his brain a little bit on that. And then I also trained with one of our blue belts and she's very small and very fast and very skilled. So that was also another, you know, kind of like wake up call for me on to, you know, to shore up my technique because there's a few times where I try to pull guard and she's so fast that she would just sprawl quickly and then pass my guard and go straight to side control. And having that level of speed in front of you is very different for me because usually the people we spar against are other guys similar to our build, similar to our size. And the speed isn't as extreme, but that time I felt like, I couldn't do anything because she was so fast and, and obviously, you know, her technique is through the roof as well. So, and that's I something think, that we, um, not to give any spoilers, but the guests that we're going to have for our next episode, we've already recorded that episode and, sh- and they, I'm going to use, I don't want to say who it is. They mentioned that people who are smaller are always going to be more technical because they have to rely on technique rather than muscling or weight or whatever it is. So yeah, that person that you, that you trained with uh, that blue belt, 
she just a hundred percent is one of the most technical, like she's following the path of one of our Brown belt coaches. I feel like because they have similar builds and she's, she's just so technical when she, when she trains. And the thing is one thing that I noticed quickly now that I'm, now that you mentioned that any little mistake that you make, she will take advantage of it in like a second. So I kept making the same mistake. I would go into her guard. I would accidentally post my arm. And once I posted my arm, I even told her, like, after she did it the first time, I was like, oh, like, this is over. Because she would wrap that arm up, getting me into Oma Plata. I don't know what she would do. And then I was tapping, like, a few seconds later. So that was one of the things that I noticed right away, that any little mistake, she takes advantage of. And she's so technical that she knows exactly, like, what to do once she sees that opening. And it made me feel good because we've been having this conversation with our coaches and our professors that sparring with other people is going to open us up to different strengths and weaknesses from other people. So we can get to know, you know, different aspects of jujitsu better and develop our own game as a result. And I felt like that was a big step in that direction that we were able to experience all these different techniques, all these different styles, because, you know, everybody has their own style and we're actually going to talk about that a little bit later about what our style is going to be or, you know, what the future kind of holds for us in that and that realm. So it was interesting because everybody who I fought had a different style. Every single person who I sparred with that day had a completely unique way of, uh, I guess, sparring or fighting. And it forced me to analyze everything a little bit deeper because usually with you, I can just predict what's going to happen or what you're going to try to do. But with other people I couldn't predict because I've never really sparred with them before. So I had to rely more on analyzing what they were doing, what they were trying to go for. And that kind of forced me to step out a little bit of my comfort zone. And I love it. I mean, I think I definitely want to go back and do this consistently. I feel, I felt good the next day. I was a little sore, but it wasn't anything like super crazy. I still got up at 5 a.m. and was training the next day. I, I was, you know, I felt good. I think another reason why I try to avoid late in the week is I'm, you know, we're both leaving a vacation this weekend or in the upcoming week. Sorry. I just wanted to avoid anything. Cause for some reason, every time I go on vacation, I'm always hurt with something. So I wanted yeah. to avoid that this time. <laughs> Definitely. And so that's like also why we kind of toned it down towards the end of the week. We kind of had discussed previously, we're only going to go to the advanced class early in the week. So if we do have something, maybe hopefully minor, it, it resolves itself by the time we have to leave to, you know, our vacations. Definitely. It's going to be, um, it's going to be something that we're going to start consistently doing just because we had a conversation with our professor about competing officially at some point before the end of the year. So throughout all these episodes, we've been hinting at, we've been not hinting, we've been directly saying we want to be competing before the end of the year. And so it's hopefully going to come to fruition at some point, but we have a window of dates already. We had a conversation with our professor and he said, yes, this is what we need to do. This is the window. So the window is October, November, he said. And then he said, hopefully by December, we can throw another one in. So it sounds like he wants us to compete at least twice by the end of this year, just to see how we feel and how, how it is. Uh, so definitely we're it's on the calendar. Now, he also added some additional things to what he had said. Do you want to go into what he what else he told us? Yeah. So basically, the first thing he started off with is that if we want to compete, you know, start showing up to the advanced class more consistently, uh, give competition class a try as well. So those are things that I think we're definitely going to do once we come back from, you know, our vacations. 
which shouldn't be too long. You know, we'll be back uh, around mid-August, I think. So, and then he also added, you know, for us to keep training outside of jujitsu too, because he said it's it's really helping us, you know, uh, especially for me, it's helped me lose weight, get better cardio, get a little bit stronger. And he said, just keep adding on that muscle, just, you know, get all your joints stronger. And then the other thing that he mentioned, which was really interesting, because I really hadn't thought about it, but when he said it, I'm like, okay, like it's like game planning for any other sport. Like, you know, we've both played sports growing up, you know, basketball, football, whatever the case is. And you always have your role. You always have your game. You always develop a certain set of skills and you play the the sport based on what you're good at. And I think we both have been really good with that with other sports, but I've never really thought about it that way in jujitsu. And that's the first thing he told us. Like, we have to develop a game plan and, you know, I have neck problems. You have back problems. And he said, for people who have neck and back problems or have any kind of injury, the best is develop your ground game. So become like a half guard player or full guard, whatever the case is. He said, just develop your ground game. Because for me, especially, he was like, if somebody takes you down and you land on your neck, boom, you're injured again. And and that's one thing that he kind of specified that he wants us from here to there, like from here to October, November, to develop what our game is going to be, develop what our jiu-jitsu is going to look like, what are our strengths, what are our weaknesses, how do we strengthen our strengths and then avoid our weaknesses, I guess you can say, or, or make our weaknesses strengths. I don't know, something like that. So, and that's what our goal is, I think, from now to then, to continue training consistently and then work on those skill sets. And that's what he told us. He was like, whenever you train, focus on that. He's like, okay, uh, today I'm going to work on my half guard with this person who's, who's smaller. I'm going to work on my half guard with this person who's bigger than I am. I'm going to work on my closed guard with this person who's, you know, uh, who I can't really close my guard against, but I have the strength of my guard, so let's try it. And that's basically what he outlined for us, that he wants us to start developing our game and becoming, I guess you can say, like, real jujitsu fighters, athletes. I don't know exactly how to say it, but... I think if you want to compete, you have to have your game plan developed, like a playbook of what you want to do and how you want to approach these fights. Definitely. So the way I plan on preparing is I have to drop weight because right now I'm like on the higher end of the weight class. I'm in the highest weight class and heaviest weight class. But because I am on the heaviest weight class, there's no cap to that. And so if there's no cap, that means I it could potentially be fighting someone who's 300, 400 pounds. The disadvantage with that is that I am at the lowest extreme of that highest weight class. And what that means is essentially I'm going to be someone who is on the border of the weight class, which is 222, I believe. Fighting someone who could potentially be 250, 275, 300. So I'm going to be the smallest dude in his weight class, basically, is what I'm trying to say. And that's a huge disadvantage at me for me. So I just got to lose a couple pounds, cut weight, get to that weight class underneath me. So then it'll be easier for me. I can I'll be more matched in terms yeah. of weight. And I've made it to that weight class below you a little bit. Um, so I was actually in like the 230s. So the last like two months, I've been able to drop down to the weight class before because I thought the same thing. I'm shorter than you are. Yeah. I'm like, what am I going to do if I face somebody who's the size of our professor? And I'm, you know, like five foot eight, five foot nine, and I'm the low end of the weights of, you know, of the right. uh, weight class. So I got into the weight class that I want to be, but now I just want to kind of fine tune my body 
get down maybe another five pounds and then kind of put on muscle from there. That's my goal for the next two months because I just want to be a stronger, you know, 215-ish, 210. So that's mm-hmm. my goal. Yeah, and that's definitely my goal as well. And I, I think I'm going to – I had a conversation with – I'm going to have a conversation with our trainer, and I need to tell her, hey, I need to drop like two, three pounds, four pounds maybe, and then I need to start just piling on muscle mass because I think muscle mass is going to be the key. Unfortunately, because we are white belts, I feel like folks who are white belts – and competing are typically going to just try and muscle out things rather than use technique. So I have to be able to match that muscle with muscle. I I think as well, I probably don't need to. I probably, if I have a a refined technique, I should be okay, but it's good to have that extra muscle and extra muscle mass when, when you need it. So that's kind of my game plan for like the next few weeks and months. I'm hoping that we can get something for October and then we'll obviously update you guys on what the case is. Yeah, because I think we probably should set a date soon because I think they're still trying to figure out what our calendar looks like for the academy on what we're going to compete in and all that. So we'll keep you guys updated on when we, you know, when we sign up or when we have a date. But I'm excited. I think this is kind of what we needed. And people had told us is what we needed to talk to Professor first to kind of get that motivation, have him kind of push you to go and, and do it. Because I think if we would have just stayed quiet and like, oh, we'll sign up eventually, I feel like that would have never happened. So I think it was a big step for us to actually approach him about it. And he seemed happy to hear it from us because, you know, that's something that they've been asking us to do for a while now. Since like last October, they were like, hey, like, when are you guys going to think about competing? When are you guys thinking about competing? And I'm happy. I'm nervous. And I think that's normal. Because from what I've heard from other people that I've spoken to that have competed on our team, they say that that's a very normal feeling to feel, you know, kind of like self-doubt or to feel nervous going into, you know, kind of prep for a competition. I think that's kind of where I am. And I'm like, man, like, am I strong enough? Is my technique refined enough to where I can string together, you know, techniques to actually beat somebody in a fight? Or what if something happens? What if I get hurt? But I've noticed that when we go to the advanced class, like I think I told you this the day after that I felt better. My body felt better usually than what it does when we spar in GB one. And I think that also had to do with the level of, you know, of teammates that we were sparring with. Yeah. And I'm hoping the same is true for competition. If the other person's competing, but you know, I'm sure they have a lot of training as well and have been preparing. So I'm sure that there's, you know, a lower risk of getting injured than if you were just sparring with, you know, a brand new white belt. So I'm excited. And if we, oh, sorry, when we do it, we're going to be in the same weight class and the same age range too. So we are going to be in the same bracket. I'm pretty sure. So that should be interesting to, to see how that rolls out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll see how that goes. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode. Os. Os. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Our episodes release every other Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern. If you enjoyed today's episode please subscribe on the platform of your choice we are on apple Podcasts, spotify amazon and more thank you again for listening and us us